We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. everybody what is up welcome it is the football guys daily fantasy hour presented by rotogrinders.com you've got dan bach you've got the lee twins austin and john and we are here to talk daily fantasy football as we move on to another week 11 have some fun in the process and uh and fellas uh how you doing austin you're, you're wearing the big cans today yeah 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 i am feeling great because this weekend in Nashville is the draft live final. Now, I didn't get into the live final, but I get to hang out with you two guys. And this will be the first time the three of us have been in person together ever. That That's kind of a big deal. We've been doing this <laughs> show for three years and we've never actually all three of us been in person together. So I'm looking forward to this weekend. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a crazy amount of fun. Uh, I can't wait for it. Uh, who knows what'll come of it, but uh, John, I know um, you're doing a little late celebr- late birthday celebration down there, right? Got some some family coming in too. Uh, I am. It's it's early though. My uh, my early. birthday is on uh, Thanksgiving this year, so I'm uh, wishing for lots of turkey and uh, Cowboys victory over the Chargers. If that's not asking too much. 
we'll see if we can't make that. I can make one of those things happen for sure. <laughs> I, we can make one of those things happen. Um, and uh, of course, uh, football guys, if you're not a subscriber over there, please check them out. I'm telling you some great content DFS wise. It's a great compliment to, you know, use different sources to kind of uh, sometimes reaffirm a thought you might have or so what somebody else might say. And uh, I, that's what I do all the time. Even with, you know, our ownership projections, I compare them with what Buzzard does over there, see where they align, maybe where they don't. And uh, I'm telling you, the more information you use, um, the better player you can become. And of course, at Roto Grinders, if you haven't subscribed already, if you're just an NFL player, just know that we did cut our seasonal price in half. So we're not charging the same amount we were before. I think it's like 59 bucks. But I recommend just get the monthly and then you get all the sports, including basketball, hockey, golf, everything at Roto Grinders. So uh, if you haven't become a premium subscriber, I think you will enjoy it. Uh, all right, fellas, uh, my voice is, is a little bit off. I don't know if it sounds off to you, but it feels off to me. That's what a weekend of kind of debauchery will do. I was in Vegas for two days, and then I flew home, and then I went and partied at the Jacksonville Jaguars game, and then I played golf. It's been a nutty kind of uh, five-day span for me, and the vocal cords are not up to snuff. But either is my memory, of course, apparently, because it was my job this week, Austin, to beat you in our head-to-head -head contest so you could do loser's lane. But unfortunately, uh, yours truly got a little preoccupied and the lineup never quite entered. So uh, gave you a freebie, Austin. Gave you a freebie. <laughs> I think that's five weeks in a row I have not done loser's lane. Just to state the fact there not to brag at all yeah well i i didn't have a good week anyway so i'm fairly confident i probably would have been here anyway so uh it actually feels a little bit better to lose by default i think than by building another crappy lineup so therefore i have a a very built-in excuse rather than just building a bad lineup but um but i still had to go through and and do the whole loser's lane deal because you don't get out of it just by having too many cocktails before a football game. I wish that was an excuse. I would use it every single week if it was, but it's not. So uh, I'm still going to follow through boys and girls. And, uh, and without any further ado, I got, I got help from the people that put me into this position. So let's send it out and uh, see what, what we've got this week uh, on Loser's Lane. And you will find me on Loser's Lane. Cause I'm the week's loser, yes I'm the real loser. All you other big losers can hail the king. Loser. My lineups were dead for the night. When you add up all of those inches, it'll be the difference between winning and losing. This is why this show is like no other in fantasy sports. You don't find that anywhere else. And uh, we got to let the peeps know, I am here with uh, Mrs. Notorious, Woo! Heather. We've got Derek over here who's off camera. We got Stevie. We got Katie who's on the lights. And we got my <laughs> wife who wrote this. So here we go. Uh, I'm an idiot. We went to a Jags game. I didn't enter my team. So without further ado, let's get to this week's Losers Lane. Um, enjoy. And we're all Oops, 
I did it again. Forgot my team was at the Jags game. Oh, baby, baby. Now I'm in loser's lane. And now it's a shame. I won't do that again. All right. Uh, oops, I did it again. Uh, forgot to submit my lineup. Walk down loser's lane. And a huge shout out to uh, the crew that put me into that position. And, you know, we often get dressed up for this uh, segment here, John. And I was very happy that uh, I didn't have to get dressed up for that song because that would have been the absolute low of this entire show if I would have pulled the whole Britney Spears schoolgirl thing. So uh we had that at least going in our in our favor yeah i was i was actually very disappointed in you because i you know you had uh mrs noto there uh follow her on twitter and uh you know she's uh i've hung out with her a few times she she seems she she's fun to be with and i thought you know at the very least if you weren't going to put on the school gore outfit you might have been able to talk her into it but <laughs> alas uh we had nothing going on there and uh you know uh, outside of the excellent lyrics, by the way, I, I was very impressed with that. But, uh, you know, it was uh, overall, I, I was hoping to see, you know, I, I'm not sure I wanted to see you in the schoolgirl outfit, but it, it would have been funny. I would have given you that. Yeah, well, you can talk to her about that this weekend because she'll be there. So yeah, yeah. Um, forward to uh, absolutely. But uh, fun time as always. And, uh, and we'll see what next week's Losers Lane has in store. I don't know. Just just we'll see let's just put it that way but uh all right guys let's jump into this week because last week john it, it, i don't know i mean you guys sound like you did pretty well but I, I just whiffed on so many guys last week whether it was Le'Veon bell whether it was um antonio brown whether it was leonard fournette uh whether it was drew Brees. like i just couldn't get anything to seemingly hit last week for me um how were you able to do it? How were you able to survive last week? Uh, my biggest key was avoiding uh, overexposure to Bilal Pal. I wasn't buying into yeah, him. Yeah, there's another one. Uh, you know, I think he was something like, I mean, he was 50% owned or, or higher in GPPs. And I think I had him, it was a calculated decision. I had him about 15% and went a little higher on Darqua. Not that he, uh, not that he killed it, but I just kind of got away from some of those cheaper running backs and, and, um, you know, I, I just kind of zigged where other people zagged, not so much because I didn't like those plays, but again, game strategy. You start thinking about a guy like Bilal Powell being 50% owned, and you say, can he hit 5x value 50% of the time? It, for me, it was a clear no. And so it was a fairly easy decision to make in GPPs. And in cash games, uh, you know, Austin and I, we were talking before we went live. It was a matter of just hitting on a few key, a few key players because it was a really low scoring week. And if you were on those key guys, you did okay. Um, I do think, however, Austin did better than I did last week. I, I you know, I, I did not lose, but it, I didn't win very much either. So, um, but given what I saw on Twitter amongst some of the uh, the pros, I feel like breaking even or thereabouts was a was a win in itself last week. Yeah, probably, um, especially like you said, Bilal Powell. That was uh, a guy that you know we didn't really have to talk too much about on this show because we hadn't gotten the news by the time that hit. But um, I talked about it on the Sunday morning XM show where I, I had that same kind of stance with you, John. It's like you know, fifty percent owned on Bilal Powell. Like 
that just seemed like way too much. And, and I didn't go crazy, um, you know, on my exposures. And that's probably probably a hindrance here because I was too busy having a good time at the Jags game. I didn't go crazy on my multi-entry. So the handful of lineups pretty much had them. But if I was multi-entering, I probably would have gone underweight. And we'll see if there's some players that might fall into that category this week. Um, Austin, uh, let's get into the whole setup, what we've got going here, injury updates. And there's a lot of stuff that's still kind of coming down. And we'll start with the quarterback out there, the Chargers, Phil Rivers concussion uh kind of protocol i think he might have did he i don't know if he practiced today or if he took some snaps today but kellen clemens is the one that's uh next in line but i do feel like rivers is more than likely going to play this week yeah it seems like he's trending in the right direction i think he got like a limited or working on the sideline kind of practice today um, you know, nothing that would indicate that he's still like at the back end of the protocol, but he's still got to clear it before we get to the game uh, on Sunday. So hopefully that all works out for him. Because I'd love to, to take a defense versus Kellen Clemens. That would be very attractive defensive spot potentially to go to today. I don't know if we're going to get it or not, but we do have two big changes, though, John, at the quarterback position this week. Blaine Gabbert gets to start over Stanton, who's hurt, and Tyrod Taylor gets benched for Nathan Peterman. Uh, both these things are going to be relevant for DFS because, um, well, let's face it, it really opens up two very minimum salary quarterbacks. Now, not that they're in great spots necessarily, although I think Gabbert will talk about here a little bit, maybe more so than Peterman. But in a week, though, that I'm looking and not seeing a ton of tremendous value spots, I think some people are going to be tempted kind of like they were last week to go with a Ryan Fitzpatrick or uh, potentially a Blaine Gabbert this week. Your thoughts on those two kind of quarterback changes this week? Well, of the two, the one I'm, I, I guess, most interested in from a fantasy perspective is Blaine Gabbert, uh, simply because of the matchup against the, the Houston Texans. They're 16th uh, DVOA versus the pass, and they've allowed uh, 21% higher um, uh, points per game, fantasy points per game over league average, again, using uh, Austin's normalized strength of schedule tool, which I believe is free this week. Is that right, Austin? That is correct. It is free this week only. Uh, so uh, head on over to the, uh, to the site or check out Austin's Twitter account, and you can find out more about how that tool works and uh, why I'm always talking about it, because it's definitely a part of my process every week. Uh, with regards to, uh, to Gabbert, uh, uh, he's, uh, you know, right now, I think it's up in the air, uh, today they interviewed, uh, Bruce Arians who, uh, basically stood up for him. He's, uh, somebody said, hey, you know, what's the story with Gabbard? He's been, he's been on seven, uh, seven years in the league and he hasn't done anything. And he said, look, uh, I, I can't say what he said, uh, because we're, uh, we're a PG show, but he said, he's been on some really, uh, crappy teams. I, you know, to, to paraphrase what he said, he said he had seven head coaches in seven years and eight offensive coordinators. And, um, you know, this is the best team he's ever been on. He thinks that he's very capable. And I kind of agree with him looking at the stats in comparison to, uh, to Drew Stanton. I think he's every bit as good as Drew Stanton from a stats based perspective. So if he plays this week, I'm not afraid of him, uh, of putting him in there, especially at the price we're talking about. Now, all of that said, we're talking about, uh, Nate Peterman. Uh, I have zero interest in him. I have zero idea what Sean McDermott is doing. Uh, Tyrod Taylor has been very serviceable 
as a quarterback there. They have a winning record despite trading away half their talent in the preseason. Uh, I, I could go on and on about this. I just think this is a terrible decision at this point in the season when, when Taylor really hasn't done anything to, to uh, deserve being benched. And they're going up against a, uh, a Chargers defense that is uh, six DVOA against the pass. I think this is a terrible position for him to travel out West. His NFL debut, um, it could only go wrong, in my opinion. So I'm completely off of Nathan Peterman uh, in fantasy circles this weekend. Do you think that Peterman starting Austin is going to have a negative effect on LaShawn McCoy um, uh, or indifferent, or is this going to be good for him? What's your feeling on, on how it affects probably the most and maybe only relevant fantasy player for the Bills? Yeah, I think this hurts McCoy's prospects. Uh, Tyrod Taylor being a more mobile quarterback, I think the defenses have to account for that. And uh, obviously Peterman doesn't have that mobility. And I think that uh, that's going to hurt McCoy. I think defenses are going to be able to key into that one weapon they have, whereas before they at least had to account for Tyrod Taylor running with the ball. I think that's probably pretty fair. McCoy's really disappointed the last couple of weeks. So uh, I'll be curious to see if they try to get him um, a little bit more involved here. And uh, I think some of that was maybe game script, but he's also been a guy who shouldn't be, uh, you know, shouldn't fall out of game script because when they fall behind, they should be throwing the ball to him in the short passing game. They haven't even been doing that. Um, at the running back position this week, uh, we'll see what's up with the Packers. Aaron Jones uh, has a knee injury. It looks like he is, going to likely miss is that for sure yes okay uh, I think and it's then for sure I, yeah okay um and by the way football guys has the best injury guy in the business uh mr dr gene brammel so he always does an update right john um like throughout the week and i know sunday morning you get a monday a monday morning recap and then tonight wednesday night he publishes something and then that that actually gets updated every 24 hours and then, of course, Sunday morning, it's uh, it, it's one of the best in the business. No, no doubt. So definitely check that out. Um, and then I know Ty Montgomery is a uh, question mark. He's got some rib injuries. Um, I think there's a better chance that he is going to end up going. And if he doesn't, though, we get Jamal Williams, who, uh, John, I, I don't think Jamal Williams is particularly great. Uh, his yards per carry have been pretty awful and limited action this season. I wasn't overly impressed by him. In the preseason, um, thoughts on this situation at all? Uh, my my general thoughts is are, are kind of that yeah nah it's 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 not, it's yeah. unexciting. The uh, the Green Bay Packers have an 18 point implied team total. Uh, his price is not uh, prohibitively or or uh, enticingly cheap. He's 4900 on DraftKings and 5600 on FanDuel. For me, that that makes him a very uh, a, a very lackluster prospect for DFS this weekend. I don't think I'll have much at all. Uh, Rob Kelly's going to miss. He goes on IR and uh, big game here for Washington as they've got to uh, take on a Saints team that's been looking like one of the best in the league, Austin. Uh, Samaje Pirine may be the first and second down back. Thompson is obviously going to be the third down back. I don't know about you, though, but I feel like Chris Thompson this week, uh, I don't want to say smash spot, but I think it could be pretty damn close to it. Because P. Ryan is just no good. Like he is just, uh, he's just a me he's not even mediocre. He's just a bad NFL running back. And Thompson has done some really good things. And uh, I think he's one of the guys that I'm I'm fairly high on, especially DraftKings this week. Price isn't gimme, but uh, I haven't played him much this week. I think I'm going to be into him a little bit. 
Yeah, I think the you're definitely looking more on DraftKings at that 5,400 price tag. Um, I don't like him quite enough to get him to cash game lineups, and that mostly has to do with uh, Washington's insistence on not using him as much as the fans feel like he should be used. Um, you know, he's averaging less than 11 touches a game. Um, he's been on a bit of a downturn with his touchdowns lately. Like he started off hot four touchdowns in his first three games. And now he's only got one touchdown in his last six games. Uh, even though we've got Rob Kelly out, I don't think that he's suddenly going to get 20 touches in this game. So I like him for GPPs, especially at that DK price, but he's not a cash game play for me. John, you got thoughts on this situation? Uh, very, very similar for me. I, uh, you know, one of the one of the things I was looking at before we went live today uh, was kind of analysis of this game, and I think this game could be falsely high. It, it's uh, it's a fifty one point total. I think it's second highest on the on the Vegas board this weekend. Uh, you've got a team in in uh, New Orleans that's running the ball. I think third or fourth most in the league this year. They've won seven in a row. It's working for them. Um, they're running more and more every week. They're trending towards the run more and more every week. They're eight-point favorites. And then uh, you've got Marshawn Lattimore on the other side of the ball that's going to shut down the pass, at least on one side of the field. And uh, Jordan Reed missing. I think this is a game where I, I really will think about fading, at least from the uh, Washington Redskins side. And um, from the, the Saints side, I'll have to check out the ownership of those running backs because they are heavily used. We saw what they could do last week. Um, but for me, um, I, I, I don't think there's a whole lot of interest on the, the Washington Redskins side of the ball, with the exception of maybe Vernon Davis, who I think has about 20 targets in the two games that uh, Jordan Reed has missed. You know, we'll get to some of those uh, guys. I think it's interesting. I, I, I think it could go that way, John, but um, I just – you know, yeah, they want to run the football, but is there ever, I mean, I mean, I'm just waiting for a day where Drew Brees has down 14 points in a football game. Like I, I just <laughs> begging for that day to happen once again. I don't know if it happens this week versus Kirk Cousins, but uh, I, I'll always be uh, having a little bit of a stackage uh, in a game just in case it does happen, because I do think he's not going to be under 30 pass attempts the rest of this season like he has been like the last three or four weeks just unbelievable right now what that team has turned into uh let's get some monday night football um, news here cj pro size he's done for the year eddie lacy is still fat and hurting um i'm gonna throw a name out there for those on that monday sunday slate i think jd mckissick could be a name that's really in play here um i don't think i'd play him on a monday through thursday or Thursday through Monday slate necessarily, but in that two-game slate, I think he could actually get a little bit more run here. And then we also have Devontae Freeman, concussion protocol. Initially looked like he was almost certainly going to be out there, kind of hedging a little bit. But Tevin Coleman, I mean, that's the guy, John, I think we got to look at on our Monday through Thursday lineups because he really represents tremendous value this week on a week that we don't have a lot of it. Um, but it is a little bit risky because, well, let's face it, we don't know for sure Freeman's going to be out. But luckily, unlike NBA, we do have late swap. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's definitely a guy you could be looking at because of the value that you mentioned. He's 5,800 on DraftKings, 5,900 on FanDuel. And uh, he theoretically could be uh, an every down back. I don't know exactly how they're going to use Teron Ward, but last week, Teron Ward came in uh, to spell Coleman after uh, Freeman went out. I think Ward ended up with like nine carries and maybe one reception, if that. 
Um, and Coleman typically is the, uh, the, the pass catching running back in that offense. So uh, if they fall behind, I don't think that he'll be eliminated from the game plan. Uh, but there is a, I guess there is a certain level of upside that could be limited if you consider the, uh, the Seattle defense, their 10th DVOA, allowing 3.7 yards per carry to opposing running backs. Uh, nonetheless, I think this is more a volume-based decision than a matchup-based decision. Completely agree. All right. The wide receiver spots just came out today. Will Fuller is going to miss this game, Austin. And um, this is interesting because it is against Arizona. We know that they're going to have uh, Patrick Peterson's shadow, um, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. And, you know, that really meant that the wide receiver, too, can often feast. Thought that might be Will Fuller. Is Bruce Ellington going to be a popular play this week? I don't think he's going to be popular because there's a couple of other really low-priced receivers that are in play here, but I think you got to consider him for GPPs here against Arizona. Arizona is not real great at covering that second receiver. At that cheap a price, it opens up a lot of value in a week where I don't see like a ton of value plays like I have some other weeks. I think he's going to be popular and I think it's going yeah. to start happening tonight and tomorrow. And as we draw closer, there's going to be smart people talking who talk fantasy football, who are going to be touting this guy. Um, and it's probably going to happen in the show after us today uh, <laughs> because I know Evan Silva, who was on my radio show today made very clear that he likes Mr. Andre Ellington or not Andre Ellington, uh, Bruce, excuse Ellington. Me, uh, Bruce Ellington, yeah. uh, a whole lot. And you know, that guy moves the needle for sure. Let me ask you this though, as the Jaguars fan, would you prefer yes. Keelan Cole with Allen's Hearns out? Or do you like Bruce Ellington more? They're both very cheap. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's Ellington right now because yeah. we don't know what D.D. Westbrook's going to do. I mean, Cole has looked good for sure. There's no doubt about it. But um, I just I think I think that, you know, it, we, we've seen it play out, John. I mean, Peterson takes away that target and was Justin Bethel. Is that the guy that you love to uh, to mention yeah. so often on this show? I think he's even benched right now. I mean, they've just been so bad you know, opposite uh, side of Peterson that uh, that I think I'd probably go Ellington. And, and I hate to say that because Tom Savage is terrible, but man, uh, what's your thoughts, John? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do. I like Ellington this week, especially on DraftKings, because I, I think that uh, he's going to get plenty of volume for the reasons that you mentioned. Uh, Patrick Peterson, I've got it later in the show, and I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but he's a He's, I mean, he's allowing something like three catches a game. So, uh, you know, even if you double that for a guy with uh, DeAndre Hopkins' talents and the amount that, that Tom Savage is feeding him, so he gets six. Okay, well, where do the rest of them go? I think a bunch of them do have to go to Ellington. The issue I have with Ellington, and, uh, you know, it's still early in the week, and I haven't really gotten to mass multi-entry in terms of percentages yet, but I will say – my gut feeling is that Ellington's upside is somewhat limited because he's really tiny. He's five foot nine. Uh, he's going to be one of the smallest guys in the field. They get inside the red zone. He's going to have a difficult time being a target and being relevant inside the end zone. I think at that point, those tight ends become relevant. Now, if Ellington catches a, a pass from 40 yards out, sure, he's going to score. But um, for me, I think he's more a volume-based receiver catching uh, short 
short routes. Uh, he's going to be on the outside, which is another thing I think hurts him. I think he's more of a slot-based receiver. But uh, I would not be surprised to see him end up with a six-catch, eight-catch, 60 to 80 yards. But I, I don't see him getting into the end zone. Oh, I, if I you're going to get that – at if you get that at 3K, you should play him in every one of your lineups. Not, I, I, I'm not disputing I mean, that, but it depends on his ownership, and I don't know what his ownership's yeah. going to be yet. You know, goes back I, to- that. That's what I'll agree with. You know, I think it's he's going to be one of the names that's going to be really interesting. And you know, obviously, if you're playing a you know garbage quarterback, one of these 4K guys, you probably don't even need to play Ellington, but. It's like, who really wants to play Blaine Gabbert? Like, not me. I don't really want to do that. Um, I'm making one lineup, by the way, this week on DraftKings. I've got King of the Beach this week, so I'm only doing one lineup. So I got to get it right. So I'm not doing the mass multi, one lineup. That's it, one lineup guy. <laughs> um, like you mentioned, Alan Hearns out. Marquise Lee has been great. We'll talk about him in the wide receiver chalk talk. Uh, but you mentioned Keelan Cole and D.D. Westbrook will be back. I don't know how much work he's going to get, but I'll tell you what. He's also, you know, they, he could have returned the last two weeks, and I think that they've kind of slowly but surely been giving him more practice time, and now they obviously really need him with Hearns out. So it'll be interesting to see his um, workload this week. Uh, also, Jordan Reed, still questionable. The hamstring did not practice today. John talked about Burden Davis. Uh, he's just been incredible uh, without Jordan Reed and uh, not the worst or the best matchup for tight ends here, I think, against um, New Orleans. What do we got yeah. on that, Austin? What's the stri- what is uh, what is the the uh, your tool have them it's, sitting there? The normalized strength of schedule has this as not good. I'm looking it up. Uh, New Orleans allows the 27th most points. So fifth worst matchup, I would say, for tight ends. Uh, and then Sunday night football, uh, we've got, you know, I just hate the way these slates are broken up. It's so annoying. Uh, it really is annoying. Um, you know, Dallas and Philadelphia, great game. You can play it on FanDuel. Um, Jay Ajayi looks interesting over there. Sean Lee is going to be out for Dallas in that one. But if you're playing DraftKings, don't have to worry about it, I guess. Uh, all right, let's get to Chalk Talk here, John. And the quarterback position Man, this is a, it's a tough read here. Um, I, I'm, you know, I haven't looked at ownership percentages yet, but could could this be Alex Smith chalk week? And it's weird to say because I never thought I would see that, especially in a week where he's only a hundred dollars less than Drew Brees. But I think a lot of people are going to potentially play Alex Smith this week versus the Giants. Yeah, we've got him currently uh, Wednesday night projections here on on Football Guys. We have. Alex Smith is the second highest uh, owned quarterback in, in GPPs behind. Do you want to take a guess who he's behind? Brady. There you go. Brady at 18% yeah. and Alex Smith at 14%. So, uh, you know, these are the guys that we're, we're going to want to get into our lineups, but it's a matter of what type of value arises over the next couple of days. I mean, the last few weeks, we've had a lot of value come up on Thursday and Friday so uh, if that's the case, I think you're going to see Tom Brady's ownership go up. Um, if, if not, um, you know, you're looking at guys like Cousins, right? We talked about him earlier. Uh, Kirk Cousins, 6,100. He's more reliable or he's more of a, a name than a guy like uh, Blaine Gabbert, as we were uh, opening with earlier. I don't think many people are going to go back to Ryan Fitzpatrick after last week's performance. 
Uh, so, you know, you're looking at, at, at these guys. I think it's uh, Cousins, Gabbert, Smith, uh, maybe Tom Brady, if you can get up there. But uh, I think those are kind of the chalk options this week at the quarterback position. Now, Austin, I know that um, Breeze, you know, we talked about it. Like the, the, the offense is running a bit differently than it ever has. They haven't been playing from behind. But there's also got to be some like touchdown regression in his favor here uh, sooner rather than later. And we saw last week Case Keenum. Okay, this guy's. I don't think he's a great quarterback. Okay. I saw him play last year, admittedly different team, different receivers, but he went for three Oh four and four touchdowns last week. I mean, you gotta tell me like, it wouldn't shock anybody if Drew Brees threw four touchdowns this week. Right. Would it? Well, I think I'm, I'm not in the, uh, the narrative that says that Drew Brees is going to do that just because their offense is way different this year. But if you are going to try to visualize that, I think you could logic that New Orleans has not played very tough competition in any of their wins. So you have to imagine a scenario where Washington makes it competitive or gets a lead causing New Orleans to change their game plan. I don't see that happening, but I think it's possible enough that Breeze is worth some GPP exposure. I just, I'm not buying it. Like they're going to use the running game to beat Washington. That's just the way I see it playing out. John, you have thoughts? You want to jump in on, on the Breeze conversation? I, I hate to, uh, to uh, agree all the time with Austin, but so far we're, we're in sync this evening. I agree. I think that's the way it's going to play out. If you're thinking about playing uh, Drew Breeze in your um, uh, King of the Beach qualifier, I'm okay with that because I think that makes sense from a game strategy perspective. But uh, for, for cash games, there's zero chance I had Breeze this week. And for GPPs, I think he is decent for all the reasons that we're discussing, because I think he will be low owned and you are right, Dan, he's got four touchdown upside. There's no dispute, especially at home. Uh, I just, uh, I wonder whether that happens this week because you're going to have Josh Norman playing against Michael Thomas for 40% of the plays. And then he hasn't been thrown to a lot of other people this year. That's true. Uh, but he, he's uh, Norman. Okay. What'd you say? 40% of the plays. So we still mm -hmm. have 60% that he doesn't have uh have norman you know likely on him and it could be greater than that if they decide to you know make an effort to you know line him up you know opposite of where norman is going to be so um i don't know i just uh, you know i i know it, this is one of my biggest faults as a daily fantasy player is to have these notions of these players and then not adjust to the situation but i also know like drew Brees at home it's one of those things where at 60, what, 6,600, I believe he is, um, on DraftKings, or 6,800. He's 100 more than Alex Smith. I think in GPPs, I would rather be overweight on Drew Brees than on Alex Smith, if you ask me. Um, I, feel like, all right. I feel like this this guy, we talked about him last year. I feel like Drew Brees is an Achilles heel for you. Like, like you wanted <laughs> to play him so much last year, too, I feel like. Um, you I know. did. I played him in the uh, DraftKings final. And he screwed me. And then I didn't qualify for the FanDuel final. And he threw five touchdowns against uh, Arizona. And John didn't play him. So, you know, he's he's our arch nemesis apparently here on the yep. show. I think so. <laughs> uh, let's get to uh, running back here. And tough matchups here, Austin, for guys like Gurley and Fournette. Even McCoy we talked about. Kareem Hunt hasn't looked, you know, like the running back we saw early in the year. Not scoring touchdowns at all. Uh, 
I mean, is, is Mark Ingram like the number one, like guy this week? If we kind of like look at everything like salary and matchups and, you know, overall outcome, is it Mark Ingram? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. And it's kind of, for some of the same reasons we've been talking about against breeze, I think it's a pro for Mark Ingram. Uh, there's just not another standout uh, matchup here that I, that I like. Although, um, you know, in ranking these guys, I think Hunt and Melvin Gordon are two guys that are uh, up on my list as well. Not as high as Ingram, but they're the next two guys on my list. Yeah, and I think that, you know, uh, the builds themselves are going to lead to people kind of going into this middle tier a good bit, John. And, um, you know, I'm looking at guys like Jordan Howard. Boy, he was awful last week. Uh, it wasn't awful, but he didn't do what we all kind of expected him to do. But he's kind of in that middle range, 6.2K on DraftKings, 7.4 on FanDuel. We already talked about Chris Thompson and the wide receiving upside that he has. And uh, another guy, maybe Lamar Miller, too. You know, uh, potentially this guy gets a little bit more work coming out of the backfield in the pass game. Uh you know, with Will Fuller being out. Um, but the name that, you know, people are talking about and feels like he could be chalk-tastic is Rex Burkhead. Uh, DraftKings did not juice him up. He's only 3.6K in uh, the highest total game. And it doesn't look right now as of Wednesday that Chris Hogan may play again. Uh, thoughts on Rex Burkhead? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Rex Burkhead's getting, uh, he's trending in the right direction. I tweeted this out earlier. Uh, check my Twitter account at Tip and Pick. All I did was retweet some work that uh, fellow football guy Ryan Hester has done in his in his uh, uh, article called Trend Spotting that he that he puts out every week. I think it, it goes live either tonight or tomorrow, and I'm I'm looking at it right now. Week seven, week eight, and week or yeah, week seven, eight, and ten because the uh, the Patriots had a bye week. Uh, looking at the percentage of snaps, seventeen point five percent, thirty one percent. And 59%. He's basically doubling his snap count every week. And that's coming at the cost of these other guys like Lewis and White and certainly Gillisley, who was inactive last week as a healthy, uh, a healthy active. And I believe Adam Levitan tweeted it earlier. Uh, you know, I'm, not, I'm a big fan of uh, encouraging people to get on Twitter. If you're not there, you certainly should be. But Adam Levitan tweeted earlier, I think today, about the, the type of usage that Burkhead's getting in this offense. I mean, he's carrying the ball. He's lining up on the, on the perimeter. He's lining up out of the slot. He's playing special teams. He's getting all sorts of action in this offense. And as you pointed out at the top of this uh, little segment here, he's, what, 3,600 on DraftKings this week? Uh, yeah. he, he's in a super sweet spot against Oakland. They have the uh, New England has the highest implied team total on the week at 30 points. Uh, they're six and a half point favorites. If Burkhead gets the type of, of uh, action that he has been getting over the past few weeks, he should be in a great spot to, to reach three and probably four X potential. Yeah. And I think he's probably potentially could be the chalkiest guy in the slate depending, you yeah. know, if, uh, if that starts picking up steam and I definitely think it will on a week where there's not a huge amount of value. Um, one guy though, I want to talk about, uh, is I, I do like Duke Johnson a little bit this week versus the Jaguars. You know, this is a guy who I feel like gets completely overlooked. And last week uh, got double-digit carries for the first time this season, uh, had six receptions, and he's been right around that six, seven, eight targets a game. And, you know, Jacksonville, let's make no mistake, they don't have the absolute best rushing defense uh, in football. 
And I feel like, you know, seven point favorites here is Jacksonville. They're probably going to be playing from uh, behind here. Cleveland, that's what Duke Johnson, where he's at his best. I think at 4.4K, he is a really interesting pivot off of maybe a guy like Burkhead who could have three to four X the ownership that he does. Yeah, uh, it's funny because uh, we have our resident Cleveland Browns fan on the Football Guys staff, uh, Devin Knotts, uh, and uh, he was recommending Duke Johnson earlier today, and I was like, wait a minute, you're recommending a Browns player? Like, this has been like a pattern that Devin just does not recommend Browns players, and today he came out of nowhere with this, and I'm like, I think you've been replaced by a cyborg or aliens have inhabited your body (laughs) or something because this is not like you. So for him to recommend Duke Johnson, I think there's definitely something there. So I like the pivot idea. And I think it makes a lot of sense if you look at what Austin Eckler did last week, right? He's a very similar type uh, running back. Uh, what do you have? Two touchdowns, right? You were there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Dan? yeah. So he had two uh, touchdowns. I mean, don't, don't act like I remember what actually happened. <laughs> the game, okay. You saw that loser's lane. I did. Um, all right, we got to get moving. Wide receiver here. It sounds like both of you are bailing on DeAndre Hopkins, and I get it, but he's also 6,100 on DraftKings. They are begging you to take a shot on this guy who could easily still get 15 targets in this game, especially when you take Will Fuller out. Uh, John, you said you expect him to have six receptions. I mean, 6,100, if he goes six for 80 in a touchdown – you're fine with that outcome. Um, is that salary low enough for you to even take a shot on? Uh, it is low enough for me to take a shot just based on projections. However, I will tell you that when I start building lineups this weekend, I'm going to do my best to not build a lineup, a cash game lineup with him in it, because I, I, I think that Patrick Peterson is that good this year that he can shut down DeAndre Hopkins, especially when Tom Savage is throwing the ball. Uh, Amari Cooper, Michael Crabtree, both are fairly priced. Austin high, uh, totaled game. I think absolutely has shootout potential. Do you have a preference with these guys? Um, how do you handle it? Because it's, it's the proverbial, you know, Cooper Crabtree. What do you think? Yeah, I think both of these guys are priced very nicely on DraftKings. I'm going to have more exposure to them on DraftKings than I would on FanDuel. Uh, But I like Cooper this week. Uh, He's got 38 targets over the last three weeks compared to Crabtree's 21. Uh, He's just seeing a lot higher volume than we're used to seeing uh, Cooper get. Usually it's more even, but Cooper has been stepping it up lately. So I like Cooper at 6,000 on DraftKings. Uh, John, who do you think Lattimore guards there for Washington? Because uh, another guy who I feel looks too cheap here is Crowder, 4.3K on DraftKings, 24 targets for him over the last two weeks. I don't feel like that's a Lattimore shadow situation necessarily at all. Now, Lattimore is actually only shadowed a couple times this year, and he rarely goes into the slot. So I think Crowder is safe. Uh, maybe he's a guy I missed at the top of the show when I was talking about uh, people that might be interesting with this Redskins offense. But uh, yeah, in terms of Lattimore, to answer your original question, I think he'll see he'll see the most of Josh Doxson, who uh, incidentally had a lot of looks last week, uh, a lot of snaps. He's probably the, the wide receiver one there in Washington this week. I think I'll be off of him this week, but he's a guy you want to be looking at moving forward because he will be the focal point of this passing game after uh, he gets away from Marshawn Lattimore this week. But Crowder, I think you can see a lot of P.J. Williams, who's a safety that they moved into uh, the slot receiver position last week when uh, 
uh, the starting slot cornerback whose name at, at the moment is slipping my mind, but uh, PJ Williams is not a uh, slot cornerback. So I think that that also favors Jamison Crowder this week. Uh, at tight end, we get Travis Kelsey versus the Giants, and uh, really an attractive play here. Giants have been awful. Garrett Selleck continued that trend a week ago, and, uh, and you know, Travis Kelsey, uh, he's a stud. If you can get him into your lineups, do it. Uh, can I interest anybody in Mercedes Lewis versus the Browns? You know, another team can't defend the tight end. I mean, hell, Eric Ebron scored a touchdown last week, John. Why can't Mercedes do it? I'm not against it. I, I was looking earlier. Um, how many targets did he had last week? Uh, six or eight? I believe. He's right around. Yeah, I want to say it was five or six, right around there. I don't think he got. Yeah, I mean, but. so I, I mean, I think that's fine. Uh, you know, given given what we know about the uh, the Cleveland Browns uh, defense, it's not it's not much uh, much worse that, or better than uh, what we know with the Giants in terms of defending the tight end position. And now that I've been talking enough, I can see that he's had six and five targets over the past two games. Um, he's cheap enough. I, I do think that there are some other plays that, that um, um, you could talk about. And it looks like Austin is nodding his head in agreement. So I'll pass it to him to say, hey, who are the guys? Because I remember seeing a few cheapies that might be interesting. Uh, yeah, so the guy that stands out to me is, uh, as a GPP play, Tyler Croft seems really cheap yeah. on DraftKings at only 2900 um, you know, against Denver, who struggles against the tight end. So if you're going to go cheap, uh, Croft is the guy I have my eye on. And Hunter Henry, only 3,500. Remember like three weeks ago, that guy was like, oh, he's back. And then he went in his terrible back-to-back -back weeks. But I think he's an interesting GPP flyer on DraftKings, assuming we, uh, we have some Phillip Rivers. Uh, all right, uh, we're running late, guys. Let's uh, – Quick, pick one game for the game flow that you find most interesting, John. Uh, for me, I mean, I think the ones that are obvious, I already talked a little bit about Washington, New, uh, New Orleans, New England, Oakland is obvious because it's a high scoring game. So maybe we'll talk about the one that's not obvious. And that's the, uh, the LA Rams in Minnesota. Uh, this game has about a 46 uh, point total in Vegas, which is kind of middle of the road, maybe doesn't stand out. But to me, as I was looking at some of the pace stats earlier today, uh, we've got the number one and number three fastest offenses in neutral situations in the, the Rams and the Vikings. And, you know, we think about these teams. You, the first thing you think about is, well, what, you know, the Rams, they're much better this year and their defense is pretty good. Well, what do you think about the Vikings? Well, their defense is pretty good. I think there's going to be some low ownership in this game. And I, that might be a, a, an issue for most people. So uh, don't be afraid to load up on this game. Do some game stacks. Uh, from GPP's perspectives, because both of these offenses run very, very quick. And um, I would not be surprised to see this game go over 50 points and a lot of the players be low owned because of the reputations associated with the defenses. That total stood out to me as higher than I expected it when it came in. And oftentimes when that's the case, it's higher for good reason. Um, so very good point about that one. All right. Uh, wide receiver cornerback matchups, John, this is your segment. So, uh, Take us through what you got. All right. Uh, a couple things stood out to me. Mike Evans, uh, he comes back this week, right? And uh, oh, yeah. when he, he does, when he gets back this week, he's got our, our man Fitz Magic throwing the ball to him. So hopefully that'll that'll scare a few people away from uh, Mike Evans. I think he's the type of quarterback or excuse me, the type wide receiver that can make a quarterback look good. Talking to you, Johnny Manziel. 
he's, uh, he's going up against Xavier Howard this week. Xavier Howard, second year guy. Um, I'm, I'm quoting some statistics tonight. I, what I'm doing is kind of doing a little bit different because what I was noticing is uh, a lot of the st statistics I was quoting over the past few weeks, they're starting to get outdated in the sense that um, teams are making changes away from some of these really bad quarterbacks. They're, they're benching them. And so um, some of these things sit there and they become sort of stagnant. So what I'm quoting tonight, uh, the last five weeks, Xavier Howard over the last five weeks has had an NFL high three touchdowns allowed, uh, 126 quarterback rating, and he's targeted every 6.7 coverage snaps. Uh, that's that, that's pretty darn high. So I think Mike Evans um, in his return game looks to be in a great situation uh, against the uh, the Miami Dolphins. And uh, let's not forget how bad the Dolphins looked on Monday Night Football against Cam Newton. I believe Devin Funches could teach us a lesson there. Larry Fitzgerald looks great against Kareem Jackson. He's, uh, he's kind of the new Bleedy Ray in this segment. Kareem Jackson, uh, since that uh, week six, 244 yards. That's six most in the NFL. Uh, 128 quarterback rating. And he gives up five inches to uh, Fitzgerald's. Um, in, inside the uh, the red zone, which is a big thing. And if Stanton starts, I, I, I like uh, Fitzgerald even more because he has 23 targets in the two games that Stanton has played uh, as a starting quarterback this this uh, this season. Tyreek Hill, this is one that I think is going to go under a lot of people's radar. Tyreek Hill, a lot of people are going to think Janoris Jenkins. Whoa, Janoris Jenkins is one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. Well, one of the things I dug up today, I was really surprised by this. Since week six, no cornerback in the NFL has allowed more yardage and coverage than Janoris Jenkins, 297 yards. And here's the, here's the kicker. He hasn't played in two of those weeks. One week he was suspended and another week he had a bye. So uh, the, the type of uh, numbers that he's allowing an 85% completion rate, rate, I think that Janoris Jenkins has completely given up. He hates Ben McAdoo. We talked about that on this show earlier this season. I think he's just uh, he's given up. He knows the playoffs are, are out of the out of the question. And um, I think Tyreek is really sneaky. And oh, by the way, when he's not on Janoris Jenkins, Tyreek Hill will be going up against Eli Apple. And I think we all know what that means. Monday Night Football, Doug Baldwin goes up against Brian Poole. Brian Poole is allowing 86 uh, percent of uh, passes into his coverage to be uh, completed. He's 77th out of 81 qualifying cornerbacks over there on pro football focus. Seattle, not much of a running game, so maybe they're throwing a lot. True fonts on one side, so that pushes a lot of action to the slot. I think Doug Baldwin's in a great spot. In terms of guys you want to avoid this week, DeAndre Hopkins takes the cake for me. Patrick Peterson, he's allowing only 37% of passes to be completed, less than 20 yards receiving per game, and one touchdown all season. And Tom Savage, he's throwing the football. Cooper Cut goes up against Terrence Newman. Terrence Newman's been one of the better uh, receiver, or excuse me, cornerbacks in the league over the past uh, uh, month. He's, um, he's third in the league since week six. He's only allowed five catches on nine targets and 47 yards across that period of time. And then the last one, I think you have to avoid, if, if, if Nate Peterman wasn't enough to scare you away from those Buffalo receivers, how about the combination of Casey Hayward and Trevor Williams, who over the season rank eighth and 10th in coverage. Uh, they're allowing 50% of, of, of uh, uh, passes into their coverage to be uh, caught. 
and only 51 yards per game between the two of them. That's 25 yards for those of you who aren't great at math. Three touchdowns over the course of the season, two interceptions. And again, I want to reemphasize that Nate Peterman's making his NFL debut on a cross-country trip um, with uh, Zay Jones, who hasn't done much and coming off of an injury, and Kelvin Benjamin, who, all oh, by the way, wasn't on the team two weeks ago complete fade of that Buffalo offense outside of potentially LaShawn McCoy, if you can talk yourself into it. You hate Nathan Peterman. Uh, <laughs> I, do. I don't, I mean, you really do, John. I mean, I can, I can <laughs> hear it in your voice. Uh, we know which defense you're playing this week. Uh, all right, let's get to fool's gold bounce back. Austin, I'm going to let you lead us off with this one today. Sure. I'm going to say my fool's gold is Drew Brees, as we've talked about already. And uh, I'm going to say my bounce back is Kareem Hunt. He hasn't scored a touchdown in six games going up against the Giants. I think this is the week he finally gets back on track and scores. Uh, for my bounce back, uh, I'm going to go with Brandon Cooks here against Oakland. I mean, he hasn't been terrible, but he hasn't had that you know, blow the lid off the slate type game. And if you look last week without Chris Hogan, uh, his target share was great. He had eight targets that led all receivers. And uh, if he's going to get the most volume out of anybody in that receiving core, I'm interested. He's got a pretty fair price over on DraftKings too. So uh, I think he's an interesting option. And I, I do kind of like Drew Brees as well this week. So he could be a bounce back uh complete opposite end of the spectrum and my fool's goal though is going to be evan ingram this week against uh kansas city i mean he scored touchdowns in four consecutive games uh don't get me wrong like he is you know clearly a great young tight end i just don't love this matchup versus kansas city and uh and i think with the price that we're paying on him you're just best served to go to the other side of the field and take a guy named travis kelsey if you're going to spend up spend all the way up John, what about you? Uh, for me, I, I think the fool's gold this week. Unfortunately, I love the root for this guy, but Michael Thomas against Washington. I already talked about uh, how many routes he's going to run at Josh Norman. I've got on my sheet here about 40%. And uh, Josh Norman's targeted about every 10 coverage snaps, which basically equates to three times a game. So uh, at least half the game, uh, we can count on Michael Thomas being out. I already outlined the amount of uh, – the bulk of time that this New Orleans offense is running the ball. And um, when they're, uh, when they're running the ball effectively, they're just not passing. And, and so I think uh, Michael Thomas, uh, despite the fact that he's due for some uh, positive touchdown regression, I don't think it happens this week against uh, Washington. So I'll be off of him uh, for the most part in terms of bounce back candidates. This might be my favorite play of the week. Uh, Melvin Gordon against Buffalo. Love this play. Um, you, you know, all too well, uh, uh, Dan, uh, Marcel Darius, right? What, what's happened to, uh, Jacksonville's running defense since this guy's gotten down there? Uh, he's completely, I mean, he's turned it around, right? I guess. I mean, Austin Eckler scored a couple of touchdowns versus us last week, but, but yeah. Okay. Okay. So in the, in the two games that he's been with Jacksonville and those two games were against the chargers who actually have, uh, 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 Melvin Gordon, and then the other game was against Cincinnati. They've allowed 2.5 yards per carry and one touchdown. Buffalo, Buffalo actually had a pretty good run defense. And now over the past two games against the Jets, and then last week's debacle against the Saints, they allowed 474 yards in two games, six yards per carry, seven touchdowns. 
I think this is a game that Melvin Gordon gets back on track as a home favorite. Um, he's had 25 touches in games where they won at home. Uh, he's his splits in terms of wins and loss, 25 points per game, DraftKings, 14 points per game when he loses. So I think this is a perfect spot for him to bounce back. Uh, all right, let's go through a few who you gots here, and then we'll call it a night. Uh, all right, Derek Carr versus Kirk Cousins. John, who you got? I got uh, Derek Carr here against New England's 30th pass DVOA. Um, I think that Kirk Cousins is going to have his work cut out for him against that uh, – that New Orleans secondary. Austin? Uh, I like Carr more, but I think he's going to have triple the ownership. So I like Cousins and GPPs for the game theory angle. Uh, I think I'm on, uh, I think I'm on team Cousins here, but I've gotten, it's close. Like I've, I think Derek Carr's fine in a very possible shootout uh, spot. Uh, all right. Wide receiver most likely to score two touchdowns. Who you got Austin? Brandon Cooks, actually, supporting your uh, bounce back theory. <laughs> John, what about you? Uh, for me, it's uh, if you're playing that Monday night football game, I really love Doug Baldwin this week. Uh, he, might, he might be enough to get me to play that Thursday and Monday slate. Uh, the highest priced tight end, is it Kelsey or Gronk this week? I'm on Kelsey. What do you think, Austin? Who you got? Yeah, uh, the Giants have allowed a tight end to score a touchdown every game this year. So, Kelsey. Uh, for me, John. it's it's Gronk because of the ownership being half as high. That it's a game strategy decision. I, but I don't hate Jared Cook for Oakland in that game. By the way, there's another yeah. guy to, to consider. Uh, we got to get out of here. The uh, DFS Pick Six coming up next with Crane, Rebar, and Evan Silva. Fellas, we'll see you out in Nashville this upcoming weekend. Should be a ton of fun. And we thank you guys so much for giving us a watch. Be sure to check them out over at Football Guys and me over at Roto Grinders. Stay tuned. More great content coming up next here on rotogrinders.com. For Austin and John, I'm Dan Bach, wishing you best of luck this week in Daily Fantasy, and we will see you.